Welcome to the DevReady podcast, uh, where we're helping non-techs build better technology. Today, we're joined by Mirjana Taflaga from Simplicit. Mirjana, thanks for coming in today. Oh, you're welcome, Andrew. Thanks for inviting me. It's a little bit later podcast recording. It's almost, it's after 6 Melbourne time, PM, which I'm generally busy in the morning, so hopefully it's uh, nice and smooth sailing from here. Oh, the coffee helps. It does, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day in Melbourne. So tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Great. Um, so I actually have a background um, in marketing. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of made my way through to the UX, CX space um, mm-hmm. from that leveraging off that sort of um, background whereby the focus has always been the customer um, and value for Mm -hmm. the customer. So either looking at um, product design um, or looking at segmentation or looking at branding, messaging, um, and then looking at services. So through Uh that, I transitioned across to the world of human-centred design. Mm -hmm. Um, What does human-centred design mean for anyone out there? So human-centred design is basically a practice whereby Mm -hmm. you design for the human. So mm-hmm. uh, central to that is actually always thinking about the customer or the user, mm-hmm. um, irrespective of whether you are designing a solution, looking at a problem space, whether you're looking at um, designing a service, a product, mm-hmm. a um, space, because we do, at yep. Simplicit, we do spaces as well. So it's actually looking at the lens of whatever sort of innovation or solution you're looking at from a customer or mm-hmm. a user or a human point of view and it's actually looking at it from the customer per se but sometimes also the employee who's actually delivering the service so you could actually look at um, all the touch points mm-hmm. so yeah so it's, it's obviously the journey of mm. of the process and what people are doing yeah absolutely so mm-hmm. designers as um, one of their foundational sort of skill sets mm-hmm. they would often employ those, that kind of um, mm-hmm. methodology or thinking about, you know, always designing for the mm-hmm. user or the customer in mind. Mm-hmm. Architects sort of do the same. Um, mm-hmm. Landscapers, they're sort mm-hmm. of always thinking about how's the user going to use the space? How's the user mm-hmm. going to look at that product? How's that product going to be used at different touch points along the customer journey? They're very true. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's just applying that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, when did human-centred design become a thing so especially mm-hmm. in the technology space so we're talking about tech oh definitely uh, yeah um i think it became a thing when apple um yeah. <laughs> yeah. really started designing mm. um uh you know those kinds of products so mm-hmm. looking at the way that people actually interact with mm-hmm. a device or a technology piece and a lot of those guys and potentially females but i think most of them women yeah um sort of branched out and then coined the term human-centered design Mm -hmm. and from that point on you know the Stanford Design School um, out in the States they started then really um, building that into various courses and then from that point on IDEO came along because I think Mm -hmm. some of those founders worked Mm -hmm. for Apple Uh and so they really popularized the whole concept of Mm -hmm. human-centered design through the Stanford um, design thinking Mm -hmm. came out of that and then I guess over the years design thinking which is you know the thinking practice Mm -hmm. has been extended to a whole raft of different um, business groups so then you've got you know people that might be in service delivery wanting Mm -hmm. to apply design thinking principles um or in marketing or in Mm. operations and that kind of stuff so it's really it can be used um across the board so get it yeah so it's so within simplicit itself what Mm -hmm. are what are your what are your skill sets what are you offering your customers and how do you get them from 
idea to something that's tangible and centered around a customer? Uh, so I guess the offering of simplicity mm -hmm. is, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we position ourselves as a mm -hmm. innovation um, consultancy. So we can work um, with a whole raft of different mm -hmm. client groups. So whether they're startups or um, corporate groups yes. um, and anything in between, whether they're government as well, because governments mm -hmm. are applying design thinking to mm -hmm. a lot of their service delivery mm -hmm. um, or policy creation as well now. So... Um, the kinds of skill sets that we have is a mix of, you know, developers yes. um, um, through to researchers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more of a researcher, researcher. So, okay. and strategy. Mm -hmm. um, so looking at, you know, how do you design something, researching for that. And that could be any kind of research. And I, I can talk more about that later. Mm. But then we have the traditional sort of UX designers, the UI designers. So mm -hmm. um, experts that look at, you know, how do you actually design um, wireframes? How do you develop prototypes? How do you actually work alongside developers so you actually look at what could realistically be produced in the realm of technology yeah. because you can dream up any exactly. idea but whether it, mm -hmm. whether it's actually mm -hmm. um, viable mm. um, is another consideration mm -hmm. so um, we've got those kinds of skill sets we have interaction designers so looking at the UI component mm -hmm. so there's a lot of crossover mm. in terms of those skill sets and then we also look at you know different industry experiences experiences in terms of length of service because mm -hmm. um, you you need that kind of mix of mm. deep knowledge in terms of how industry sector works, um, you know, how different... Um, it's the main knowledge, work. you need it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. so, but then you also need the fresh ideas mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. So it's a mix of different sort of skill sets. Um, I think in our game, the primary, the primary consideration is the user or the customer mm -hmm. lens. So it's being empathetic. Mm -hmm. So we employ a lot of people or have consultants or designers that are... You know, they have a lot of a range of soft skills. So it's yes. all about the empathy. Mm -hmm. um, listening is a really important skill set. Mm -hmm. um, not being afraid of the unknown, mm -hmm. the uncertainty. Because mm -hmm. as you know, in that development sort of phase, there's a lot of grey. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of uncertainty. Lot of you yeah. don't know what you don't know. You're jumping into something off the back of yeah. an idea or a concept. And then you're pulling it apart and yeah. really evolving it as you go. So there is grey. Absolutely. Great. So mm -hmm. I think um, this is where human-centred design or... I mean, we, we use a whole raft of different mm -hmm. um, uh, definitions which could be used in different industries okay. to mean the same thing. So mm -hmm. for us, it's just the practice of, you know, looking at and speaking with the customer and actually understanding their world mm -hmm. and then looking at solutions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we call it UX design, we can call mm -hmm. it human-centered design, customer-led mm -hmm. design, um, UX. A number of names yeah. for it, you're right? Yeah, that's right. But I yeah. think the fundamental underlying principle mm -hmm. is that we listen to what the customer mm -hmm. wants. And you're right, sometimes mm -hmm. the customer may not know what they want, mm -hmm. but then it's actually just involving mm -hmm. involving them through the various stages of the project. So you're constantly getting that input. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... And it's mm. about that feedback, because like feedback. you said, customers don't always know what they want, need, or even desire and they're actually going to pay for or use. Yep. So yeah, you need that continuous feedback as you go into that journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. central to that is um, when we're looking at the problem space, mm -hmm. it's actually not, it's actually ex exploration. It's not, a be, it's not being afraid of actually investing the time up front mm -hmm. to actually explore, mm -hmm. to really test whatever assumptions you have, mm -hmm. to uh, uncover those hypotheses that yes. you have and really test that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also pulling things apart and looking at it from totally different angles mm -hmm. so that you don't come up with a solution or an idea and you, 
you know, go gangbusters and you develop something and invest a whole bucket of money and then you realise it's not working. So mm. it's actually thinking time. It's mm-hmm. being quite strategic and thinking and investing in understanding the problem space. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I mean the early adopters of UX or um, human-centred design, they spent a lot of time just observing people and how they interact with technologies or observing people doing the things that they do mm-hmm. and then trying to work out what a, technolo- uh, what a solution could potentially be. So uh, I think okay. a lot of that doesn't mm-hmm. actually happen where people mm. aren't looking at the way people are behaving mm-hmm. um, or asking those questions like why um, yeah so and, mm. the, and the why 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 will get you to some different answer generally surface yeah. level starts from there so mm. when you look at um, and you mentioned something interesting there just monitoring what people are doing um, yep. and in the early stages you might be looking at more of a problem space which you refer to defining what those problems are you might perceive a problem to be x but maybe it could be y mm-hmm. um, and yep. getting into the bottom of that and monitoring people interesting point so how would you go about that if you're sitting in an organization looking to solve a problem if you're a, a startup look you've got an idea and a concept so what do you do around observation how could you approach that um lots of things you mm-hmm. can actually um there's lots of things you can do. Mm. I think the first mm-hmm. thing you do is actually you, you define a problem in the way that you currently understand it. Okay. Um, so it's actually just, you know, you've got a bit of a North Star. Mm-hmm. Um, then what you kind of do is map out all the assumptions that you might have mm-hmm. so that you make it really explicit that you might have certain biases yes. or you might have even locked into a particular solution even mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. So you, you make it really clear that mm-hmm. you know, you've know you got this. Then you step back um, and then you actually spend time observing um, you know, maybe four, five, six people. Mm-hmm. The, more, the more the better really. But of course, yeah. you start observing what, you, what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different approaches. So you can um, either, one, you can actually just observe what they're doing mm-hmm. in their natural environment. You mm-hmm. could then bring in people in a lab environment and actually okay. get them to interact with a particular problem space. Mm-hmm. You can actually go into the spaces where they're using mm-hmm. the device or um, whatever the problem is. So where do you find them more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Is it generally um, in their place that they're always in? Is that generally better. better results? Yeah. It's better to actually mm-hmm. be in their environment. Mm-hmm. So you're actually seeing how mm-hmm. they're actually interacting with um, the problem mm-hmm. or with others or how they get interrupted by other mm-hmm. people because what you're doing is actually identifying mm-hmm. a whole, ra- whole raft of opportunities mm-hmm. that you might get want it. to explore. And you're really trying to understand what's going on. The other thing that you could do is there could be an element of observation, mm-hmm. but there could also be an element of you know actually getting um, cu- your customers or participants mm-hmm. to actually undertake a series of tasks. Mm-hmm. So you could actually get them to... Um, so that's where user testing comes in. Mm-hmm. So you could actually get them to um, run through a whole series of scenarios and you actually test okay. and observe what they're doing. So you might actually want to record those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You might want to capture um, comments that people are making. So you actually might create a bit of a discussion guide or an interview yep. guide or mm-hmm. an observation guide, which we tend to do anyway. So that mm-hmm. what the reason we do that is so that you're asking and looking for the same things. Um, but it's not a strict guide. It's just a, so a structured way of questioning. Yeah. Then... So, yeah. So we tend to use the semi-structured approach. So we okay. have um, the things that, and that's why uncovering those assumptions or mm. biases up front is really important because mm-hmm. what you do is you build that into mm-hmm. the discussion guide, and you can actually test to see whether what you're assuming is actually correct. Because you, 
might be totally off you the can bat. Be off or <laughs> the real problem is yeah. actually not what you're looking at, mm. but the real problem is actually something else altogether. Yeah, I get it. Or there could be multiple things that are mm-hmm. linking up to that problem. So you could be solving for mm-hmm. um, one or two of those things. But a discussion guide's kind of useful. Um, mm-hmm. There is best practice in terms of how you structure conversations mm-hmm. um, and questions. So there's an art to that as well. Um, so you're not like a journalist where you ask leading questions. Um, you actually keep it really mm. um, scenario-based and open because okay. really what you're doing is you are exploring, mm-hmm. um, particularly when you're in that so early Exploratory phase. phase right now. Yeah, so yeah, if you're okay. in that exploratory phase, you are asking open-ended questions. Mm. Um, you are not really asking them like, do you like mm-hmm. why, <laughs> you know, or do you yeah. like this solution or okay. what, or what, or even ask leading questions like, mm-hmm. what is it that you like about this solution? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So or, frame a question that you might ask. So I've got a So tell me a little bit. Someone. Okay. So if the problem mm-hmm. space is, um, you know, how do I use this podcast equipment and yes. you want to design a better podcast system, uh-huh. um, you might then start off asking like, you know, tell me about your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what was useful? What was not as useful? What made, mm-hmm. you know, what, um, so you're just asking those kinds of questions mm. like, um, tell me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to learn about that. What What are your thoughts on this particular I you know area? Okay. Um, when was the last time that you used it? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me your experience like mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end, and then it's just asking those questions about. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you, you don't actually say you're interesting, but it's, <laughs> you say something like, um, okay, you said X. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or can you expand? It's the expanding more into it's the expanding, asking Or asking, mm-hmm. you know, why did, yeah, why did that occur in that way? Or what did you think about that? Or, yeah, so it's just constantly opening it up. And then I guess... Um, does, it be, does it become more emotional or more tactical that you're, you're trying to get involved in? Do you trying to understand how a person's associating emotionally to something? Or is it just... What do I do, do, do? Where, is the, where do you think um, is the focus? I think the, a conversational yeah. approach is uh-huh. really important. So okay. when we train up people to do mm. either mm-hmm. exploratory research yes. or go into people's homes um, or do user testing and that, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all about building that rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, the more comfortable you make mm. that user, yeah. um, and this is where I was talking about the soft skills. Yes. The more comfortable that a mm-hmm. user feels with you, mm-hmm. they're going to be open and honest. So mm-hmm. we often start that conversation with... Um, I'm expect you know you know this is a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, feel mm-hmm. free to you know ask, the ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really you know interested in your open and honest feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I don't have a vested interest mm-hmm. in the outcome per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just yeah wanting to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually asking their permission, and yes. you're actually sort of setting the ground rules in the sense that it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to learn um, mm-hmm. and observe. Um, you might ask for their consent mm-hmm. to actually conduct the interview, to record the interview. Okay. Um, it's ideal to actually have a note taker there mm-hmm. so that you can actually have someone actually physically mm. de- note take. Yeah, because you can't do everything at once, especially asking no. questions, trying to engage no, with can't. somebody and follow the train of thought. It's, yeah. It becomes a bit challenging to take notes too. And there's also a challenge about um, actually capturing verbatim. So we talk uh-huh. about not interpreting what they're, what people are saying. We're actually talking about actually capturing exactly what they're saying, mm. and you leave the interpretation, interpretation once you've done, you've done mm. all the work with you know you've spoken to a few people, mm. so that you're not narrowing down or biasing mm-hmm. um, what you're picking up, or what can happen is um, you hear something that you like, uh-huh. um, and you start going down a rabbit, 
Yeah, particularly, can, if it, yeah. particularly if it links to your baby or to your solution. And that's a challenge that you're going to have. And that's a bias. How do you, yeah, how yeah, do you we, unbuy we... something that is yours? So just, to pre- yeah. I mean, in the middle of something, why... early days, I've got an idea. And it's very easy to lead people and yep. ask those leading questions. What do you like about this? How would you use this? Does this make sense? And as soon as you start asking those questions, they say, yeah, it does. And yeah, you're going to get those yeah. answers. that. And people want to please far. you. Mm. People want to please you. Mm-hmm. And that's why... Um, that's why I was saying, like, it's really important for you, mm-hmm. if, particularly if you've got an idea that you're, mm. you think might be a winner, yep. um, to actually have it there uh-huh. and visible mm. so that you can see it there. So you, mm. you feel assured that it's there, uh-huh. but then let go of that and then open, open up those conversations and, mm. yeah, really understand what mm-hmm. exactly is the problem. So do you, yeah. do you frame it as your idea is the starting point or the no. problem you're trying to solve is the starting point? No, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even. Um, or what I would mm-hmm. do is sort of say, "Well, look, we're interested in how mm-hmm. you might be using your podcast equipment." No, no, from your perspective, personally. Oh, from my perspective. If I'm the person with the idea, the concept, how do I approach those conversations? Do I approach them from framing it with, "All right, I have this idea that could be where I end up," um, or I have this problem that I need to explore and evolve and make sure it actually really is a problem for everybody else. Where should I start? Problem. Problem. You always start with the problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so if you wanted to test mm-hmm. your concept, yep. test your solution, yes. I would actually explore the problem space first. So, okay. um, so if your problem mm-hmm. space was, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to get the best quality mm-hmm. podcast or trying mm-hmm. to deliver information to yes. um, a whole raft of, you know, new customers or whatever it mm-hmm. is, I would actually explore that like, um, you know, I'll speak to customers that, you know, how do you yes. like to get information? What's the best way for you? What works? What doesn't work? What have you used in the past? What's been a great experience for mm-hmm. you in the past? Um, how do you want to know? When do you want to know this information? How do you want it delivered? Mm-hmm. At what times? So you'd be asking a whole raft of questions to sort of mm-hmm. help you understand um, that experience. Then if you actually do have a concept you want to talk about then you say okay we have come up with this particular um concept mm-hmm. um and you might have a scenario you might say okay this is the scenario can you now um can you show me how you would use this tool and mm-hmm. then it's being quiet and you get observing and, and there's a concept that think aloud, like speaking out aloud and thinking mm-hmm. out aloud mm-hmm. and you get them to actually tell you um okay. and you might have a whole series of questions which is you know what um what do you think what do you think this process is for? Mm-hmm. Um, who does it, you know, who's it, who does it serve? Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me about, you know, the various steps? What yes. makes sense to you? What doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to you? What's useful, not useful? And mm-hmm. you're not leading anything. And you're not mm-hmm. sort of saying like, did you notice this excellent feature that yes. I created <laughs> that will solve all your yeah. problems? Get it. You leave it, you leave it up to them to explore. Yeah. So if they miss if they miss things, it's actually... That's, that's a good thing. You haven't designed it well enough for them yes, to find. Yeah. that's right. And that's mm-hmm. the sort of stuff that you mm-hmm. want to be capturing. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay. want to know, because that means they're, they're clues for you mm-hmm. to say, oh, yeah, that actually does need to be improved. Mm-hmm. If there's no appetite for the yes. the concept, you might then want to say, well, what could make this more useful for you? Mm-hmm. And then um, sometimes what I do is actually get people to draw their ideas. 
Okay. And then talk it through. From a technology perspective, that yeah. might be drawing wireframes. Yeah. Is that what you're Yeah, you can get yeah, them okay. to draw wireframes and uh-huh. put words together. Yep. Um, you can do it as a homework piece. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a whole raft of different mm. things. So it really depends on the stage that you're mm-hmm. at as well. So if you're okay. at the early concept stage... Yeah, let's talk early concepts. So. so if you're talking early concept stage, you're wanting to what we call generative or exploratory research. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to spend more time in actually understanding the problem space. Get You're it. not wanting to go into solution mode mm-hmm. at all. Like, I think so that's... if it's early, I've got this idea to solve mm-hmm. this particular problem, yep. um, I should be just exploring problem, not my solution at all. Yeah, okay. well, what you can do is uh-huh. spend that time, as I said, yes. up front exploring. Mm-hmm. If there's concepts, you might want to actually design multiple mm-hmm. concepts. Um, not just the one Mm. um, just to see what comes out the other Mm -hmm. thing you could do is bring a whole group of people Mm -hmm. and they could actually design it um, for you and just Mm. see what does come out Mm -hmm. as well so there's a whole raft of different methodologies Mm -hmm. um, yeah that you could use so So how do you find the conversation when you're talking to somebody that has an idea um, and perceives they have the solution and just wants to design it how do you lead them down this path to let's do some more exploratory research to make sure we're solving the right problem, have the right solution to that problem, even if that is the real problem? What do you do? Um, I listen, first of all. I listen to what they say. So Uh I would say, okay, um, tell me what you know about the customer. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you know about this particular problem. Mm -hmm. What problem are you solving for? How did you validate that? Yes. what other forms of evidence um, mm-hmm. do you have? Um, and then looking, and then it's looking at well, what are you not sure about? What do we need to mm-hmm. test? Um, mm-hmm. So it's actually just asking those kinds of questions. Um, I think you kind of get a sense. Um, you you kind of get a sense of where the gaps are, um, okay. but it's kind of good to actually make them visible mm-hmm. as well. Um, is it good if, to point them out or is it better for the person that brings the concept to find them themselves? What I do you think, think? I think what happens is mm. you can gently point gently. where <laughs> gaps are. Yeah, okay. um, the other thing you could do is if, if, mm-hmm. if they actually have gone to the point of mm. actually creating the concept, you can actually concept test it. Mm-hmm. So you bring in six people, mm-hmm. um, customers, So you actually yep. and recruitment is now kind of important. You don't invite mm-hmm. your friends, your family, your so girlfriend. going to give a good answer, right? <laughs> no, so what you're doing is yeah. if your cust- so if and if they know their customer, they will know the kind of demographics and that. And you actually recruit for that kind of person. Okay. And they're not people that have already heard your idea many, many times mm. or anything like that. They are, they are your customer. Clean. Yeah, clean. And you actually bring, you invite them in and mm-hmm. you actually um, create a whole bunch, like an interview guide with scenarios, okay. or depending on whatever the product is. But mm-hmm. you might create scenarios as to how you use it. Mm-hmm. You ask them the same set of questions. Yep. Um, you open it up a little bit. So you, mm-hmm. s- you start off being exploratory, mm. get them to explain what the problem is and mm-hmm. then get them to look at your concept and you get feedback mm-hmm. um, in the same way that I described before, which yep. is don't lead them, don't tell them this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, let them tell you what, what you think mm. because that's very eye-opening in some ways because you might be spot on, which is great. You, uh, you just or, that's the point. Or right? you might discover mm-hmm. that um, you're probably... 50% there, 60% there, mm. and then have you thought about... Then all of a sudden, you know, you might come up with a whole raft of different opportunities or you might have to pivot mm-hmm. or you might have to let go of your baby and start again. And by starting again, it's actually looking at that problem space uh-huh. and saying, well... And this is where ideation... Yes. Uh, we talk about this in the human-centered design sort of mm-hmm. field about, you know, bringing in 
it, you know, a number of different people to mm. ideate. So you could actually ideate with customers mm-hmm. okay. and actually come up with solutions. And then there's ideation whole... with customers. How does that play out in a room? Do you find bias from certain people? The loud person in the room. How do you manage that? Facil- the facilitator's role. The facilitator's role. Yeah, it's important. So, mm-hmm. if you're trying to do this on your own, what are some tips that you might have for people to control an environment like that? Because there's always someone that might yeah. lead the conversation, dominate it. What do you do? Um, if you're really worried about that, yeah. then you do it one on one. One on one. Yeah. Easier that way. You don't need yeah. to do a group. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But if you're trying to speed things up. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. then you could do it a group. Okay. Um, but you could actually, yeah, do one-on-one mm. um, and you get people to, you know, talk out aloud as to the concepts and that because what you're really doing is you're not looking at that idea. You're actually yep. looking at the way people are articulating that and there might be a whole raft of different ideas that you mash together mm-hmm. and then you test that. Okay. So, or if you get similarities in idea, then mm. you kind of know that there's something in here mm. because... Um, there's actually a maybe potentially a need or a mm-hmm. de- desire for that kind of thing. So, so yeah. So do you see an advantage in the one-on-one, especially if you get a lot of correlation in what people are saying across ten of them? Um, do you see that as an advantage, or do you uh, prefer a group? What do you prefer? We tend to do one-on-one okay. kind of stuff, but then we do do co-design mm-hmm. sessions, so okay. we can do the group. So, uh-huh. in terms of those tips, yes. um, the way that could work is. You could actually, um, what we start off doing is uh, templates where we have like a 16 by 16 square box okay. and we actually get people to, you know, have basically uh-huh. create 16 different ideas or okay. as many ideas as you want individually. Mm-hmm. So we get people to work individually mm-hmm. and then we get people to share back what mm-hmm. their ideas and concepts are yep. and then we might say, okay, next round of mm-hmm. um, innovation or mm-hmm. ideation would be, okay, I want you to develop um uh, mash up your ideas yes. and do another round of ideation. So you mm-hmm. and individually as well. So you, so you're you don't still have, driving individual ideas yeah, so and concepts. Do, yeah, you're yep. in a group, but uh-huh. you're still working that way. Get it? Yeah. So then they could be mashing it up, mm-hmm. articulating, their sharing mm-hmm. back their ideas and mm-hmm. that. And then what we can do is put all those mm-hmm. ideas up on the wall. Mm-hmm. We can get people to vote on them. Um, okay. So you could give them different coloured dots, for example. Yeah, I've seen this or, process or and done it ourselves. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you could actually have like you know the ones that they mm-hmm. like, um, the ones that you can you mm-hmm. can, you can use voting for any purpose. Mm. So, you know, ones that you think is going to be the most yep. you know easiest to achieve. It mm-hmm. could be the most effective. It could be yep. the one that you know is is probably the best idea, but not realistic yet. So you, Get you it. Could, you can could be anything of, and yeah. any sort of question you frame it from. Then what you can do is get mm-hmm. people to work in groups on the most yes. voted concepts. Okay. Or you can still get them to work two mm-hmm. by two. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways that you can do it. So you mm-hmm. read the room in terms of dynamics. Mm. Um, what we tend to do when so we So you don't run... want a brainstorming session of people just talking to each other about concepts. That's not the starting point. You, um, want... you can do that. Okay. I mean, this is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no right or wrong, really. I think... I mean, the purpose of the What have you found in your experience that delivers faster, better results? Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a whole bunch of different yeah. approaches that we yeah, use okay. because sometimes we have a mix of 
internal stakeholders together yes. with customers and they work together. Oh, okay. And that so will change the dynamic. That clearly. changes the dynamic, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got the customer voice sitting there. So mm. you might have a group of people that say, mm. you know, I want this solution mm-hmm. in this way because yes. I can. And the customer's voice is there saying, yeah, but that won't work. Uh-huh. Have you thought about X mm. or Z? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of waters down a lot of that sort Get of thinking. Okay. So ideation is also another way of actually mm-hmm. just um, equalizing voices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also another way of getting people to work together that normally mm-hmm. don't work together. Okay. Um, it's a great way of having a shared experience. Sometimes mm. the biggest benefit is actually just getting people who normally won't talk to each other <laughs> in, one room. in the one room. And okay. so there's multiple benefits. So you, mm. you might generate a whole host of ideas, but you, there's also benefits in people actually just working together. Ground rules is how you deal with um, a lot of those um, ground problems. rules. Okay. Ground rules. So talking about um, everyone has an equal mm-hmm. voice, about mm-hmm. you know listening to what um, people mm-hmm. say. There's no right or wrong answers. Mm. Um, yeah, and then things like dot voting or if you're really worried about um, uh, powers and that, you could yes. actually give the leaders in the room a different colour to the other people so that when you actually dot voting, uh-huh. you can actually see where the leaders are Yes. versus the other people. And the other thing that you could do is mm-hmm. say, customers go up first mm-hmm. and vote. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, if there's low junior people, mm-hmm. you go up and vote. Yep. Or vote during your lunchtime. So, so then, no one knows what so you're So no one knows for. what you're doing. So okay. there's a whole raft of different strategies mm. that you can employ to sort mm-hmm. of um, okay. water down those bigger, louder voices yeah, very if that's an issue yeah, yeah it can be and mm. we all know there are certain people in the room that could dominate so yeah that's definitely a good tip in terms of if yeah. you're looking to do some strategy sessions and brainstorming sessions and ideation yeah. really yeah um okay so I'm, I'm at a problem stage i'm trying to understand what it is mm-hmm. i've worked with and utilized like how might we questions now yeah. how does that come into your frame of reference and what you do uh, how might we yeah. questions are brilliant because that's um, that's the mm. ideation component. Mm. That's where you're actually exploring the problem space. Yes. So they are they are the um, they could be the starting point mm-hmm. for um, you know coming up with a whole raft yep. of different solutions. Mm-hmm. They are a problem or a starting point yep. for actually designing research uh-huh. and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, how might we statements mm-hmm. are. Yeah, they're a really powerful tool in actually just getting everyone to um, start on that problem space. And there's a mm-hmm. there's an art in how you create them as well. Okay. So you know you don't want to go too narrow. Mm-hmm. So too narrow would be you know how might we create a podcast system yes. which delivers the best sound quality and doesn't you know make. You well, know, a podcast is a solution. Yeah, and but, it might not be a podcast. Yeah, and so right? you could, yeah, so you yeah. might. How might we deliver value to a big audience? Start there. Yeah, that's too yeah. broad. Too broad. What kind of value? Yeah. What, who, who's okay. the audience? So, so you, define so, that value. Yeah, so, yeah. so mm-hmm. what you'd be wanting to do mm-hmm. is saying, you know, how might we deliver mm-hmm. um, uh, a certain quality of something mm-hmm. for um, a type of audience okay. member? So you're narrowing mm-hmm. it down to that extent. Mm-hmm. But you're not saying, mm-hmm. how might we deliver this solution to yes. this customer in uh-huh. this circumstance only? So yeah. that's too narrow. So okay. it's, it's giving you... Mm-hmm. Because if it's too broad, you could go anywhere. You could anywhere. go anywhere, yeah. And it, it's like anything, if you don't have a yep. box, to, at least some yep. sort of box to work in, you kind of get a little bit lost yep. in what your and solutions would be. the beauty of it all is you can reframe your how might we, you can refine it mm-hmm. as, as you've 
as you get new information, new feedback, you can actually okay yeah it's, and evolve it. You can evolve the feedback. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's the whole point is mm. that it's fluid in mm. the sense that you you change things mm-hmm. to as you get new information about the customer and yeah. that you con- you you do refine that. Okay, so yeah. let's let's put it out there. I um I come up with an idea and mm-hmm. I invest all my time into this. I design some UIs that I think would work. I've got a solution to find. I'm jumping in and I'm going to find a development firm. Um, what are some of the challenges this person may have in this context, considering that they've just basically designed a solution out of their head? Um, and what sort of strategy would they take? Would you jump into some working with users, as you mentioned, and just talking through first, not your solution, but what are the problems? Is that the first step? And then guiding them into a solution that you've designed. Is that what you're recommending? Uh, yeah. Okay, so if you've yeah. invested a whole bunch of yeah. time in yeah. a solution, you've got yes. yeah, wireframes in the yeah. UI. Uh-huh. Wow. Because um, it happens. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. what you could do yeah. is there's two cases that we yep. get constantly within mm-hmm. the frame that we work in. They either come in with this whole solution completely designed, yep. have it thought through, and this is exactly what I want, or they come in with two or three words, and this is what I want to do, um, and this is the solution. How how do I build this? Or tell me how to yep. build it. Let's quote it, um, and it becomes an interesting conversation because generally they haven't thought through anything. Or they've thought through so much that you can't move them. Yeah. So there's there's two different approaches that we seem to find in the in the case that we work in. Okay. So yeah. the first case scenario, they've mm-hmm. created, they've created wireframes in the UI, mm-hmm. and have they found the solution? They believe they've got a solution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you, as I've mentioned yeah. before, you mm-hmm. you basically mm-hmm. test it. Yep. Bring in mm-hmm. bring in as a minimum, you kind mm-hmm. of want six. Six? The minimum for user yeah. testing is about five to six. Okay, it's yeah, yeah. less than I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so five, five to six. Five to six. Yeah. Um, and then your robustness clearly. depends depends on these segments because yeah, okay. what we tend to say is if if you got one clear segment, then you know five to six. But if you're covering you know three different potential customer groupings, okay. then you might want to you know basically six, six for each. Six each. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you might just you know, and that's if you 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 might have a primary and a secondary segment or persona. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, how does that work with different stakeholders and users? Is that six across each of the different types of users that interact with the platform, for it example? Depends on, um, yeah. It depends on how different they behave. Okay. So the more the more similarities yeah. there are, then uh-huh. you can probably reduce that yeah. kind of number. Get it. Like, yes. example, I've got an so, administrative level of a platform compared to the actual users. They're very different. So you might want six in each. Oh, then you'll need, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you've got mm-hmm. totally different behaviors, mm-hmm. then yeah, six mm-hmm. of that, or five, five to six of that one, five okay. to six of that one. Get it. Yeah. So um, in so in that first case uh-huh. where you said, you know, they've pretty much created mm-hmm. it, you test it. Mm-hmm. See, see what people say. So get you it. start off with, you start off what, what you know, the solution space mm-hmm. and get people to explain what happens mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what their experience is and okay. so that you, you build in that exploratory space. If you don't have time for that, mm-hmm. you could basically set up um, like a half hour user testing session where mm-hmm. you don't get any of the, you know, thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. as to what customers actually want if yes. you want to go down that path. Like, yep. you know how that's happened. <laughs> um, but you could actually just test the product. So yep. you create a mm-hmm. you know a testing guide. Mm-hmm. You basically say, okay, um, we've created this. It's a prototype. You mm-hmm. know, there's bits and pieces that we know might not be yep. working, but we're just trying to capture your feedback at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, this is the scenario. Okay, mm-hmm. can you tell me how you know 
mm. tell me experiences. Okay. And you keep quiet and let them talk to it. And then mm. as they're doing it, you so might... So you want them to talk out loud as they're utilizing and you, it. And they're, they're yeah, using okay. it, you're recording it, and mm-hmm. you're talking out aloud and get okay. them to go through the process as much as possible mm-hmm. without you interfering mm. and then go back saying yep. okay can you tell me what what your thoughts were at this point in time mm-hmm. the alternate way mm-hmm. is um you can actually ask questions as they're doing it the only problem there potentially is that you could be biasing the results get it so that's why i'm saying sometimes it's better just to let the customer run through the entire process because mm-hmm. then you're actually observing yes. how they're actually interacting with your design you're mm-hmm. actually observing the bits where mm-hmm. you know they might be hovering over Mm. Yeah, it, there might be a hesitation there. So what you yep. do is you note, you're taking down those notes, yep. you're recording okay. what they're doing. Um, and then later down you, the track, say, okay, can you talk me through mm-hmm. um, that process? I noticed that you were actually hesitating. Mm-hmm. If there's a feature that you created but they missed, mm-hmm. um, you know, did you notice this feature? And they might say, oh, mm-hmm. God, I never noticed that. Or, yeah, I did, but it wasn't important. Okay. Or whatever whatever it is, and just say, well, what's mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? What's the... So after the fact, you can't go back and obviously Yeah, question. you can go back yeah, and okay. you can ask them, you know, what mm-hmm. what was useful, what wasn't useful, mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. Um, what else could improve this? Mm. Um, and then um, if it's high fidelity, you can actually ask yes. them about the language used, the high tone. High fidelity for everyone out there has been, it's been fleshed out design and maybe a Photoshop and it's a clean design that will be implemented. So Yeah, yeah. and seriously, you don't want yeah. to be yeah. testing at the high fidelity stage. You can't mm, be wanting... Probably too early, too late, sorry. Too, yeah, too way late. too late. You, you yeah. kind of really want to be doing uh-huh. it at the low fidelity stages and doing it yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Um, mm. That's the ideal. Mm-hmm. The and the last thing you that. want to be doing is uh, running it out to your current customers with an actual developed product. And I've seen that done before as well. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it's just um, no going back from there. These are the products. And I spent, well, it's sunk yeah. cost as well. It and is, I think, yeah. And I think this is where, this is the beauty of, human, to my mind, UX design or human-centered mm-hmm. design is that if you are open to, to actually what your customers really want, you'll uh-huh. save yourself yes. a lot of heartache mm-hmm. and time mm-hmm. and effort mm-hmm. and money and that's the important and thing and i think it's that's about, it's the a, thing because yeah. you are better off spending your money on mm-hmm. researching mm-hmm. um and actually understanding really what your customers mm-hmm. want and then um building yes. like building out something but testing it as you uh-huh. go yeah and i think yeah and it's that you do and learning approach because in essence you if you design a product out of your own head um and this is my solution to this problem that may not be the best solution at all. Yeah. Uh, if you go and build off the back of that and don't speak to anyone, um, you might be in for a hard ride, especially when you get to the end and you launch a product and nobody comes. Correct. Um, yeah, so we yeah. don't... And the point of what we're doing this for is helping people to understand that we don't want to be doing that. We want to be investing mm-hmm. in early stage, understand the problem, understanding the requirements of the product, what's important to a user, what do they care about. Yep. Let's not just build everything because that's not generally going to yep. solve the problem. Um, and also what I found is um, from a feature and requirements perspective, you could probably cut out 50, 60, 70, 80% of it and still deliver what the customer needs. Yep. Um, a lot of people get lost in trying to add so much to a product because they think, what if we just add this, add this, add this, and we just yeah, don't want to completely avoid that situation. Simplicity yeah. is really important. Yes. Because people do get confused mm. by many, many different features. And the features might be great, but mm-hmm. combined, they are yeah. an overwhelming experience. Mm. And really what you're looking at is mm-hmm. how does it solve the key problem? Yes. Um, and then in mm-hmm. terms of features, mm-hmm. yeah, you could 
Mm. Yeah, you can bury someone in those things. <laughs> and they might be all yeah. useful, but the point yeah. is if combined they actually yeah. create a really bad experience, uh-huh. then even the fundamental yeah. product won't be used. Yeah, and I mean, you don't want that. You're actually better that's... off focusing on one, mm-hmm. two great features mm-hmm. than mm. you know 100 suboptimal ones, Correct. which you think addresses the actual customer problem. Mm-hmm. But it's such a clunky, mm-hmm. hor- like a hard process or product to use that you, yeah. you'll get overlooked mm, so yeah. you don't want that and yeah. you've invested so much into these hundred features if you yeah. did 20 maybe <laughs> you'd probably yeah. have a better likely chance of success i think so well, you, yeah. i mean th- when you look at the products that are successful uh-huh. it's because they're solving a problem mm. for that mm-hmm. solution they're not trying to bury you with many many things they're, yeah not trying to be everything to everybody correct mm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. um your other question related to, you know, what happens if you have a problem space that you want to explore mm-hmm. and you think there might be... So this is where... And this um, was the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the start of yeah, the question. The so we've got yeah. the, the person with the UI and I've mm-hmm. developed and designed yep. something. Now I have a, pro- a person with um, an idea on the back of a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> They're very different. And that's generally where people can start and they can jump in and try and build something quickly. Um, where do we push them to? Generally, research. Yep. But how do you research something when you don't have much? You just got an idea. What do you do? Um, once again, you start speaking to uh-huh. what you, th- you think are the yeah. customers uh-huh. and you start um, uncovering more about the problem mm-hmm. space. You're validating your assumption mm-hmm. about the problem space okay. because it might be real. Mm. Um, it might not be real. They might actually mm. give you other ideas as yes. well. So it's it's being open about okay. you know what's possible, mm-hmm. um, and then it's basically wireframing or mm-hmm. ideation. So you could actually, you know, you can create a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. concepts and um, test them with mm-hmm. customers yet again just to see what what has legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually just keeping every and you, for that you might only want to speak to two three customers. Yeah, not the same ones, but okay. yeah, but you might actually just In keep an early it early stage. Keep it. Keep it really simple, mm-hmm. um, and what you're doing is working in low fidelity. So mm. you are not building anything. You yeah. are you're using paper sketching mm-hmm. um, because it's quick, fast. You could actually sticky tape things together. Mm-hmm. You can get the customers to actually mm-hmm. do that, or draw bits and pieces, or mm-hmm. so you could actually work in a really fluid and fast way. It's iteratively and it's quick, and it doesn't yeah. cost you much to change something, right? Yeah, paper. Yeah. I think paper, like that whole concept of drawing. Uh-huh. Um, it's fast. It's quick. Mm. You can hash out different ideas. You can say what are, you know what about this? What about mm-hmm. that? So you, you con- you're capturing feedback and then mm. you're mashing up your ideas and mm-hmm. then it's that whole process of just um, you know learning quickly and fast and doing things fast. And then you could actually go then into the, you know the wireframe mm-hmm. tools once again test that. Mm-hmm. And as you're going up the fidelity scale, mm. you could yeah you can just keep building on okay. things. But it's it's the testing. So the, yep. you don't need much technical knowledge to draw a paper and a pen no. or grab a paper and pen. So it's a good advantage to anyone out there of a concept, mm. sketch something, yeah. um, put it on some paper. I think, yeah, it's good advice because not many people do it. Um, and if they do, they probably go too far sometimes. So, yeah. 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 What we find also is that customers can get, um, if something looks too polished, Mm-hmm. or too near like a nitpick right um well yeah. then there's two things that can yeah. there's a there's a few things that can happen okay. sometimes customers then won't give uh-huh. you um their true and honest feedback because mm-hmm. it looks good so mm-hmm. you, there is a bias about you know something looks good mm. um they think it works well interesting um and that's why that's why as a practice um mm-hmm. we tend to make everything lower fidelity 
Okay, start, we start lower for delegate. We start lower for delegate yeah. because then they're more likely to rip mm-hmm. apart. They're looking at the flow. And you they're explain that at, to them, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're actually sense-checking mm-hmm. um, the desire for the product. You're actually sense-checking the flow of the product. You're actually sense-checking the way it works mm-hmm. and the thinking, which is more important than the way mm-hmm. it works. It, or looks even. Ugly, yeah, because yeah. ugly things can work really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's the thing because there is there are... People, it's that whole attractive thing. Like, yeah. um, people make concessions to things that are attractive. Uh-huh. So you you often get you know good looking things, and people say, oh yeah, it's mm. user friendly, or it mm. looks you know it works really well. But when they actually start using it, mm-hmm. then you realise that mm, mm, not no. quite right. And yeah, that's why working at that lower fidelity mm. is is good because also you get mm-hmm. genuine feedback mm. um, as to the idea, the concept, yeah. and the and the biggest thing is do not. Do not get too hooked on a particular idea or mm-hmm. solution. Don't sell that idea to mm-hmm. a benefactor. This is exactly how it's going to work. Okay. Because then you'll have to deliver it and it might not actually be successful. At the expectations you're, they have. Yeah, yeah. So you're better off saying this is the problem space. These mm-hmm. are, this is the general direction. So, yeah. Concepts, general direction. Yeah. What outcomes yeah. are you trying to get out of this? Yeah. yeah. And that whole idea uh-huh. of just being able to pivot uh-huh. um, mm. is really important because I think there's a certain um, bravery and honesty in saying like, you know what, this is actually not mm-hmm. going to um, deliver it. So we actually use the, um, oh, what is it called, the desirability, feasibility and viability um, Venn diagram. Have you ever seen that? Haven't, no. So, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's this really simple model to help so us prioritise. Three ideas. circles, I'm imagining. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's but, mm-hmm. and then it's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the middle is mm-hmm. what, you know, what's called mm-hmm. the feasibility. So you always start mm-hmm. with the user. Yeah. So you know, it, it's like what's feasible from the user perspective. Mm-hmm. If it's not, if it's not, if it's not perspe- like usable, or mm-hmm. if it's not actually wanted by your customer or users, mm-hmm. you got no chance of <laughs> working. So yes. that's that's the first circle. It's not quite next, building anything. That's right. And then the next two bits is what's actually feasible. Mm-hmm. So this is like what can you technically deliver? What's within. Um, you know what's within the constraints of your like the current mm-hmm. technology paradigm or, yes. or that. So that's really the the technology sphere, um, and then there's the other one which is viability. Um, can you afford to? Do you have the budget to build it? Yep. You know, is it marketable? Um, is it viable? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because your solution might cost you $10 million and it might not deliver the outcomes you expect. Yeah, so you might solve a problem, Mm. but it's going to cost you $10 million to do it and the actual benefit is zilch or exquisite. So you've got to look at... Never going to get a return. That's Mm -hmm. why a lot of our our work or prioritisation in terms of what which ideas we go ahead with okay. sort of falls into that yeah, interesting. that lens. So you can actually mm. dot vote on those kinds of things. So you can bring mm-hmm. in all your stakeholders and mm-hmm. say, okay, we've got this idea mm-hmm. concept. Um, we know the customers mm-hmm. have this element, okay. so you covered that off. And then you actually have really honest discussions about, mm-hmm. you know, what's viable, what's not. Mm-hmm. And if it's not viable, then mm-hmm. you let it go and you go back to the problem space and say, okay, how might we create mm. this you know, particular space within this budget constraint? So then you start ideating along those lines. And that's important because you yep. can have budget constraints and you can still design solutions to solve problems within a budget. Yep. It's probably a good, sometimes a good thing to have a, a budget in mind and then you've got those constraints that you know of rather than designing yep. something you're never going to be able to build or deliver upon. Yep know your budget up front and if you can solve the problem within the budget constraints you're in a better place than you can solve the problem when you don't have the money nowhere near the money to do it well you might actually deliver um 
true innovation from that mm. sense. I mean, that's yeah. the beauty yes. of constraints uh-huh. and designing within them. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. actually creating something that's actually yeah. going to be different. You know, it allows you, it pushes you to think differently. If you've got endless budget, you can build anything, yeah. which isn't always the best way to do it. You've seen all those startups that get massive amount of money and influx mm. of cash, and then they blow up pretty quickly because they don't know how to spend it. Um, yeah. They don't spend it wisely. But the bootstrap startup can mm. spend years building something, and eventually it turns into a product that everyone loves. So it's, yeah, very interesting how constraints can, can guide a product and guide the innovation as well. Yeah, I think, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can. Conduct research within mm-hmm. reasonable budgets. I mean, I mm. think investing in it is important, but I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're, what's a reasonable budget if I'm researching a product and an idea? What should I be looking to spend in this world, or even just a time budget? Like, how much time should I invest in this early stage strategy of designing the products, understanding the problems, working with the customers? Uh, it depends on. Mm-hmm. I think the more time you spend, the, the better. better. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you could basically, you know, on a shoestring, pull mm-hmm. in people mm-hmm. that might be your customers. So if you're currently mm-hmm. running a business yeah. um, and if you've got a database of customers, yes. you could actually um, bring them in. You could mm-hmm. actually do the research in situ. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it that way. Okay. Or, you know, and then in terms of incentives, you can give them a cash incentive. Um, Does cash incentive generally bring bias? You have to be conscious of that. Um, no, cash yeah. incentive is probably better yeah. than giving them your product. <laughs> That's bias. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so okay. Um, like for example, when we work with clients, we mm. tend to give, um, mm-hmm. the client would actually pay, yeah. either, we use a recruitment agency, but okay. um, they either get points which converts mm-hmm. to dollars or mm-hmm. cash or we give them a Visa card mm-hmm. amount. Okay. Um, and the incentive amount, I mean, you'll, you'll get a sense as to... Um, whether your customers are prepared to give you mm-hmm. their time Get for it. free, mm-hmm. which is great um, if that happens that way. But if not, you could always, you know, start off with a $20 vo- gift voucher, mm-hmm. work your way up to $50, whatever it is. So I, I think the, the rule of thumb is basically for every minute, it's a uh-huh. dollar. So that's kind okay, of, so, that's so for, thought. you know, mm-hmm. 20 minutes of their time, $20, $20. Mm-hmm. if it's $30, $30. Mm-hmm. It depends on the segment as well, like for our business customers or people in the health profession mm-hmm. or like accountants, mm. if they're getting, you know, $350 an hour, yes. um, yeah, you've got to be thinking about... What they're earning. Yeah. because yeah, yes. you're taking an hour of their time. Exactly. So $350 for that hour. Yep, Get yep. it. Makes exactly. Sense. So mm-hmm. you might be wanting to yeah. pay equal to uh-huh. that or uh-huh. a little bit more. Yeah, get it. So, so it oh, depends it, on who. But it's not yeah. going to be overly a massive expense if you're interviewing six people, but you're going to do this continuously. It's not yeah. something you're going to do once off either. So you're going to evolve. It's Yeah, you're going to interview, evolve what you're designing, mm-hmm. yeah. come back, reiterate, iterate, iterate uh, until you're at a point where everyone's comfortable. And that's, that's the unknown. You don't know how many times you're going to need to do that. Um, there's no perfect answer to that, too. Uh, I think I think when you're in yeah. that problem space, yeah. um, you know, you, you do want to be speaking mm-hmm. to more people at okay. the beginning bits if you can. Mm. Otherwise, the, you might you might be going through like three, four, five rounds, of, like, uh-huh. and then rounds of testing. So if yes. you if so you might do the initial sort of exploratory research mm-hmm. with many different customers, mm-hmm. or as many as you can, mm-hmm. just so that you're getting the different voices. Okay. Um, so that's where the numbers is 
it's probably better to go, you know, the 12 or whatever it is. Yeah. 10, okay. yeah. So just so that you're getting a variety. And but we're not talking hundreds of people. We don't need no, hundreds. No, because in, in qualitative research, um, what we talk about there is, is saturation. Mm-hmm. So when you start hearing mm. the same thing, so mm-hmm. you have your interview guide, but when you start okay. hearing the same sorts of respondents, you know yes. that you've got saturation. Okay. But when you still are hearing different sort of mm-hmm. concepts or ideas in terms of problem space or understanding of what mm-hmm. exactly is the problem, then mm-hmm. it sort of signals that you might need to speak to a few more. more people until you get to the point where you've actually heard segment one, mm-hmm. segment two, segment three. So then you mm-hmm. kind of have a sense of... And they're saying the same thing or at yeah. least the same lines with yeah. the same thing. So when yeah, you okay. start hearing that, you kind of know mm-hmm. that you've hit the mark. So okay. for user testing, that's why we say five to six because mm-hmm. I think by that stage you know you you, you start mm-hmm. hearing the same things mm-hmm. if you're not hearing the same things it means mm-hmm. you might be better off just adding two three more people okay yeah and so, that could change the dynamic a little yeah. bit okay and that's why that's Good why tip. that's why you know mm-hmm. testing with three people mm-hmm. or two people is not enough because you, you you might not get the patterns yet okay I understand. um mm-hmm. but then having said that we've done some concept testing mm-hmm. uh, no we haven't Oh, no, I think there was one round where we did uh-huh. three, and I know I was nervous about <laughs> it, but it was early enough that all yep. three kind of said the same thing. Okay, um, good. So mm. you get a sense of it. Mm. But, and if you had mm. three that said all different yeah. things, then you know you've got yeah. to add more people to that. But your budget your uh-huh. budget um, is a combination of, mm-hmm. it depends on whether you're recruiting yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't. if you're recruiting, then mm-hmm. you don't have to pay someone to actually ring up people, mm. contact people, mm-hmm. their time invested in, you know, yep. booking a meeting, uh, rescheduling, mm-hmm. um, finding people, like... Yeah, so, and managing all that So that, that expense, it, it can build up. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then handling the incentive payments and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. The other thing that you need to think about your budget is, are you going to be paying people for their time yep. um, to get their feedback? So that's an expense that you mm-hmm. might want to um, think about. Consider consider as well mm-hmm. um and then there's also the cost of you know traveling or where where's this research going to be happening are you going to bring mm-hmm. them in or yeah so you've got to have the right space for that mm. sort of stuff or if mm-hmm. it's in their home you might you might need to face to face always the best outcomes or yeah so we it, yeah. do we do face to face but we uh-huh. then do we have we do research via skype yeah, okay. um you can do it interview phone face to face is to my mind the gold star mm-hmm. only because you're actually seeing what people actually do um you're building up that yes. rapport okay. um yeah and then the it, it's always that, better human touch is always better for everything yeah, but um, skype can work yeah. just just as well mm-hmm. um i mean we do quite a bit of that so and it, it's great if you're if you're working in a particular market that's you know you've got queensland mm-hmm. rural you can, you can cut the travel cost, right? Yeah, you can <laughs> cut the travel cost because that's another mm. element of yep. the recruitment. It's the travel time, the mm. cost. Like if mm-hmm. you're um, having to, you know, travel to mm-hmm. somewhere. Like if you go to get pay for an Uber, that's, yes, that's part of that expense as no, well. Very interesting stuff. Mm. So, and mm. I think to everyone out there listening, I think it's, it's clear that we want to be doing some research, and it's probably mm-hmm. less than you would think because. Um, if someone says, let's go to user testing, how many do we need? Hundreds, thousands, but generally not in this case that you don't really need mm. that many. So it's very, I think that's good insight for people to take away yeah. from this. Um, and then also design your questions. What do you recommend about just designing your questions? You mentioned open-ended questions. You mentioned uh, basically not trying to lead people anywhere. So 
in that frame of reference should I have how many questions would I have or is it guided by the problem I'm looking at or how long is too long basically what I'm looking for uh, time Okay. I think that's the governing thing. Yeah, so if okay. you want to, mm -hmm. um, if you're limited mm -hmm. to 20 minutes, yeah. then mm -hmm. you only ask a few questions. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. could actually, you create a test guide, which will start off mm -hmm. with, um, you know, the introductory bits. So yep. it's the, the like the warming, the warming up type okay. questions, like, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself mm -hmm. or, you know, how did you it's get here It's the rapport today? building stuff. It's all right? the rapport building mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then the next bit would be about, okay, tell me a little bit about your, mm -hmm. in terms of the problem space, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your role, uh, mm -hmm. tell me about your most recent experience for, you know, the problem space. Mm -hmm. um, what, yeah, so mm -hmm. you, you start uncovering that element, mm -hmm. but it depends on whether you're wanting that initial upfront stuff. If you're going okay. straight into user testing, then yes. it could be just a whole series of tasks mm -hmm. that test that yes. product because what you're trying to do is find the breakpoints or mm -hmm. trying to actually see what's working what's not mm -hmm. working because that's the mindset that you want does mm -hmm. this have legs or not okay yeah you're not trying to find validation mm -hmm. for my baby you're trying to work what works what doesn't work yes. what what do i throw out what do i keep and the yeah. advantage of that is what do mm -hmm. i then i end up with what do i build and hopefully i've thrown out all the stuff that i don't need on building the right yeah. things right yeah. and developing those so that's right. um i think it, it's been a really good conversation just to mm. learn about your headspace and what you go through as a researcher in this yeah. space because it's you're really be, before we look at high fidelity stuff you're really nowhere near what high fidelity oh, is we test high fidelity yeah. too because but uh, you're, you're not starting there and he mentioned that so yeah no High fidelity is what, what's the point of high fidelity then when you get to that point? Is it more around testing how people react to colors, buttons, etc.? Language, yeah, tone. Okay. The, it's a it, different type of testing. Yeah, it's mm. actually um, yeah. refining. So uh -huh. it's actually looking at the UI components. Yes. Yeah, and, um, the, and the language in yeah. it. And okay. As you're working through these stages, mm -hmm. um, really also you'd be wanting to work with developers mm. even at those early wireframe stages because okay. what we tend to do is you know you might you might wireframe things up mm. um it's good to actually speak to um the technical mm -hmm. like the developer saying like is this actually vi like feasible can this be done yeah, and that's the challenge anything can yeah. be developed but yeah but to, just, what, to what extent, yeah, to what extent to, yeah. to, and that's the where the viability, it's, viability that's why it. that's yeah. why there's that uh -huh. that wonderful sort yes. of mix of what's wanted mm -hmm. by the customer, mm -hmm. what's actually technically viable and mm -hmm. what is viable, what yes. can you afford, what can't you. Yep. So it's constantly keeping mm -hmm. um, the lens on across all three elements Yes. as opposed to just looking at, you know, the technical side or without mm -hmm. looking at the user or just looking at, yep. you know, I can spend as much money uh -huh. as I want but it's not technically possible or mm. it's not going to be wanted by the customer. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to keep those three things in balance yeah that's no, yeah. an interesting point because i think we can mm. probably lean in towards yep. what we know um if i'm a technical person and developing a product i'm going to start mm -hmm. building something yeah, yeah if yeah. i'm more creative visual i might start designing something yeah. Yeah. so depending on the phase of your like uh -huh. where you up to so mm -hmm. um you know at that early sort mm -hmm. of concept stuff it's all yes. about exploratory and understanding mm -hmm. the problem space mm -hmm. um, once you get to low fidelity prototyping you're actually looking at mm. is the concept going to work mm -hmm. is it really wanted is it solving the problem mm -hmm. um, does the flow make sense is is um, you, you're really looking at the structure of mm -hmm. that design 
Okay. And then you get into mid-fidelity. So you start looking at, is the structure right? Does the flows, the user flows work? Mm -hmm. Is it still going to meet that customer need? Um, okay, let's start building in the language and the tone. Let's mm -hmm. test that. Look, let's look at the order of, you know, the information and, and the steps. Mm -hmm. um, you start getting clues as to the way that, what 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 do customers want to see if it's if it's an app or whatever mm -hmm. it's like does that button make sense in okay. that spot uh, is the language right for that button so you start building out that and then mid fidelity mm -hmm. is looking at the colors the user interaction mm -hmm. and you sort of um, by this stage you're refining but you're mm -hmm. also validating okay. so you're getting that so that's what I mean like the research sort mm -hmm. of changes in terms as you of, go through as the you process go. yeah okay makes and sense. even at the development you know, mm -hmm. you might be speaking it, but before mm -hmm. you even launch it, you'd be mm -hmm. wanting to test. Of course. Just to see that yeah. once again, it's. Yeah. Is there anything that needs to be? Yeah, now would, it's functional. Yeah, it's a little bit different again. Yeah, but by yeah. this stage, you don't. You shouldn't want, have to be changing the whole thing. <laughs> no, you shouldn't yeah. be. You shouldn't be getting information like, no. "I don't want to use this. I mm. can't see the need for it. Yeah. Like, what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Or, or if people say, "Oh, mm -hmm. this would be really cool with this extra feature," mm -hmm. you don't have to build it then, but mm -hmm. it's at least something that you can put on your back. Yeah, put in a roadmap and just yeah, consider right. that, yeah. validate it, understand what it means, yeah. and then refine it as you go. Yeah. Mm. But by that stage, you don't want to be hearing mm -hmm. things like, yeah. uh, it's great, all the, all the classic that you hear, it's like, oh yeah, um, yeah, I can see people using this, but not uh -huh. me. Which not is, me. <laughs> yeah, and, and you hear that, yeah. and you, when you hear that kind yeah. of comment, it means, I'm not using it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now that there, mm. now you mentioned... You don't want, obviously, you shouldn't be getting those answers. Now, throughout the journey, are mm -hmm. we interviewing the same market segment or customer, but not the same people across the, the conversation? Ideally. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd imagine can, it could lead it. You can bring in um, the same. So okay. it's just better to have new voices in mm. that mix. Because it um, keeps evolving. So best evolving. practice is you don't, okay. you don't keep speaking to uh -huh. the same person because they've kind of... They might have already bought into a solution. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's better. And they're probably not going to add as much value to the solution when yeah, it gets to but that. But then, depends on the process. Like okay. if they were in the early bits and you bring mm -hmm. them at the end, you mm -hmm. can you That's can actually capture their feedback. Might be great putting everybody in at the end. I would imagine. At least we don't tend to do that. We tend okay. to speak to new customers at the end each, again. Each, yeah, every each single every, time. Each and every time. But yeah. there have been a few projects where there might okay. be one or two mm -hmm. that are the same. I think it's a good um, takeaway for people to understand that because yeah, yeah I think if you take six people on a journey. Um, they become, yeah. it's like Stockholm you know, syndrome, <laughs> they, they start wanting to please you. Yes. And you don't okay. want, you don't want people, to, yeah. they're not there, you're not, you're wanting to please them, not for exactly. them to please you, because mm. in the end it's all about the customer. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Yeah. That's a very good mm. takeaway. So yeah. how can people find out about Simplicit yourself? Where can they uh, get, reach out if they want to ask any questions further around UX, oh, UI? Um, how can they find you? Uh, through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, Simplicity's okay. also got a website. Yep. And I'll uh, share out those those links yeah. when we share out the podcast. Um, thank you for coming in. I think that's given us quite a bit to uh, think about, especially when we're in early stages yeah. of product development. Uh, so if you're out there, non-tech, looking to build some technology, um, really dig in on the, the problems, understand what they are, work with your customers. And I think it's the biggest takeaway from yeah. today. Work with your customers, interview your customers, understand what your segments are, Probably that's a strategy before you actually go yeah. on this path as well. So thank you. Thanks again. Thanks for coming You're in. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. For giving me the opportunity. No, I appreciate Great. it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.